Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Chat Podcast, episode 152 today. I'm joined by Harry as always. How are you feeling, Harry? I'm feeling great. That is fantastic. Great to hear. Uh, of course, the show has changed a little bit now. So for everyone listening on audio, I hope you're excited because we are now audio only. Harry's smiling at me already. I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah, it's weird. So we do still have visuals. If you, For anyone that wants to, you can head on over to YouTube and become a member to see the visuals. But this is going to be a bit more audio based. We're going to be able to have conversations in a bit more of an easy way it's not gonna be as youtubey you know shouting about everything making everything really excited so yeah hopefully that improves the quality of the show hopefully you guys will enjoy that a little more every week we're just going to go through all of the all the big headlines of the week all the games that happened over the weekend and just talk about them so yeah get involved shall we start with our first topic of today then harry yes a man of many words i'm just so excited i can't <laughs> Think of words. Fair enough. So we'll start then with our big story. Of course, the WSL returning this weekend. The Women's Super League starts its campaign on Saturday for the 23-24 season. And I want to draw your attention, anyone who hasn't seen it yet, to their plan to become the first £1 billion Women's League. Have you seen this? I have not, no. You have, you've not. Great so there was, a t- there was a talk with the league's chair, didn't interview Dawn Airy, and I've read this on The Athletic, so shout out them guys. They're fantastic, obviously. I feel like we've been shouting them out every week, but they are very good. That's so. <laughs> Yeah, they'll sponsor us eventually yeah. because we keep... Keep saying But yeah, so he was talking about the clubs and stuff and how they need to generate more revenue by using the match day experiences more... Do you think there's a lot of untapped potential at the moment in the WSL? I definitely think so. I mean, obviously, we've seen a big, I think, a big transfer, you know, transfer window this year. But you look at how many of those are, are free transfer. I yeah. think you look at the grounds that some of the teams are playing in. You've got Chelsea, who are, you know, I'd say probably the best team in England, and they're playing in a in a stadium that has a few thousand capacity. I was going to say it's certainly not huge. I mean, we've seen some clubs play at bigger stadiums, and there obviously a lot of the. WSL sides have gone on and played in yeah. there in the men's club stadium. So we've seen that we can that those attendances are possible. When I went to yeah. Chelsea Barcelona yeah. in the Champions League last year, the atmosphere was brilliant, given the fact that it's not a they didn't have the top two they didn't have the top tier open, but the whole bottom tier was full. It's brilliant to see that many people. And I think that if the WSL was going to improve, it needs bigger stadiums, more attendances. The problem is that requires investment, and that seems to be the biggest issue at the moment for women's football. If we look at Reading, for example, Reading finished bottom of the WSL last season. To deal with the costs, they've had to become a part-time club now because they cannot afford, considering you don't get as much TV revenue money in the championship, they can't afford to be a full-time club, which I think highlights the biggest issue right now. There is not enough money in women's football. There's not enough investment, and something's got to be under change that. And, well, Airy sort of discusses what, they, what they're looking to do. Obviously, they uh, specify that it's not a figure they just plucked out from the air. It's based on a pretty decent and detailed business plan over the course of the next 10 years. Do you see it as realistic? In 10 years' time, we could be looking at the WSL as turning over £1 billion in revenue? I think it's definitely possible, but as you say, it, it's one of those where they they have to they have to, you know, they have have to to want it. It won't yeah. happen by itself. Things have to happen if they want to get there. And I think you know, with that Reading thing is most of the clubs in the WSL or in women's football in England are, you know, they are mostly, they are men's football teams that then create a women's team. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's most of what they are. But I feel like there's a difference between clubs that just make a women's team and then you see these bigger clubs like Chelsea who are who kind of treat it as two separate teams. It's not Chelsea and Chelsea. You know, it's not Chelsea. Oh, they're not, it's not Chelsea and Chelsea, Chelsea Women's Club. It is just Chelsea. They treat it like two and different clubs. You mean clubs. the other... Wait, what do you mean? You, you've said in that sense that it's all one club. No, the opposite way round. Okay, so it's not that Chelsea. One. It's not all yeah. Chelsea. There is Chelsea men's and Chelsea women's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that there is definitely a lot of investment into the women's into the women's team, obviously at Chelsea and at Manchester United, City, Arsenal clubs like that. And I think we need to see that from more teams. The problem is at the moment there's not enough of an incentive in women's football to invest loads of money because there's not the broadcasting deals and stuff like that. So that's where it's all. That's where it's got to go. Uh, they, 
Dawn Airy goes on to talk about how this could be achieved, uh, saying we look at the growth of attendances, we look at the growth of engagement and broadcast, we look at the increased interest in sponsorship and marketing opportunities, and then we start being more imaginative about what does attending women's game mean? Not just the, watching the game, but everything that goes on around it. There's potential for clubs to think differently about their revenue. I mean, that's quite interesting, though, obviously speaking about the growth of intensities, as we've mentioned, also talking about the growth of engagement and broadcast. Mm. I think that's been massively helped out by the England women's team yeah. winning yeah. the Euros last year. I think that we've seen a lot more interest in women's football, a lot more Definitely. people watching the games. I mean, we're covering this weekend the season opener for Chelsea, Chelsea versus Tottenham. I think that's the most exciting game of this, this opening weekend. So join us on YouTube for that. should be a, a good match. So... Yeah, I mean, there are there is a lot more interest, but it's how do you draw more eyes to women's football, I think? I think, I mean, it, it's one of those, we've always talked about the accessibility, and I think the TV, it is a mixture. You know, we look, as we spoke about, these small attendances, you know, that that it is not possible at the moment to make them bigger. Like Chelsea yeah. Tottenham, brilliant. The season opener is played at Stamford Bridge, but they can't play at Stamford Bridge every, every single weekend. Then they have to go to King's Meadow. King's Meadow, you know, sold out week in, week out. And, yeah, you know, it's it's as packed as it can be for the size of the ground, and then in terms you know in terms of TV, obviously they put a, you know they've got obviously a lot. Re I mean more recently, obviously there's a lot of games on Sky now. Even BBC have got a few, but that's only kind yeah. of been a thing in the most recent years. But, but there's also even down to as high as the women's championship, there are grounds that don't have seats and stuff in yeah. a lot of the women's yeah. game, and like my local club. Doesn't does has Scott has even got seats in at least one of their stands? Yeah. I know there will. I mean, like you can stand at the games, which is not something you have yeah. obviously in in anywhere in professional men's game. We're looking at these women's, you know, these uh, women's football stadiums. They are like that, not you know, they're like non-league football grounds. Yeah, exactly. And, and they shouldn't be because but that's the thing though. You look at it, and it's not a far cry from a local club, no. and they're step ten of the men's game. So I think there's there's obviously a long way to go with regard to that. There's a lot of investment required. I think we saw a big step in the NAWSL, or I can't remember, is it NS NWSL? I think it is NAW, North American Women's Super, Super. Soccer League, something yeah. like that. Whatever the, the league is out in America, and, the, and they have, is it Gotham have just got a stadium? It's the first, built, it's the first ever. Yeah, it's the first, well, there was one out there that I saw that's been going, doing the rounds on social media and stuff, it's the first ever women's football specific football yeah, stadium yeah, I, think I think that's that's really crucial to start to see is development like 30, that 40,000 yeah something like that and and when I see so obviously if you look at a lot of the current Premier League clubs I can't really see them moving stadiums anytime soon no but the team that are best in the WSL right now Chelsea have been drawing up stadium plans for years and whenever I see discussions around what they should do with Stamford Bridge whether they should knock it down and rebuild obviously a lot of Chelsea fans want to keep the home ground on the same site and I understand that it's it's tradition almost but for me you've got a stadium there that could become the, the women's team stadium you yeah. keep Stamford Bridge as it is because it's still a really nice ground and it's yeah, got yeah. so much history there It'd be so nice to be able to maintain that and give the women's team the biggest stadium in the WSL, by far. Because oh, yeah. they'd have a 40,000 capacity stadium. Yeah. They probably won't sell out immediately. But if we're talking in 10 years' time, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll be at a point where the women's game does do 40,000 seats. Yeah, I, I think. For the average match. I think they want to get to this billion pound goal, then it's going to need one, you know. The problem is it needs it ground. needs clubs to get involved. Yeah. It needs broadcasters to to spend more, and therefore it needs to draw more eyes. Mm -hmm. So the broadcasters have to spend more. So it's just about how can you get because there's obviously a lot of a market out there. There's so many people that love football, and it's yeah. how do you take them from loving just men's football to loving both men's and women's football? And I think that's very difficult to do because there's a lot of people that are stubborn out there. But I think it's only natural that as we progress and this current generation yeah. become the dominant generation, I think we'll see a general change in the culture and the understanding or the, the how we view women's football. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously we are very, oh, yeah. very big fans of it. And I know a lot of people who are quite supportive of the women's game. Of course, there are still people our age who don't support it. And that is something that needs to be changed. But hopefully over time that will become less of this there's such a stigma at the moment around the women's game yeah. i would say and that's what needs to be eliminated but i don't know any eight-year-old that 
specifically dislike women's football and really like men's football. Well, there probably is at least one misogynistic eight-year-old, but not oh, not no. many eight-year-olds are considering sexism and misogyny on a daily basis. No, <laughs> like, they like just love football. They yeah. love football. And so it doesn't matter if it's men's or if it's women's. They love football. And so they're the fans who need to be targeted. But also young girls who wouldn't have yeah. ever been interested in football. But now that they can see their role models doing really well, they are interested in football. I mean, a personal story. Our cousin, who, you know, we've always spoken about football, mm. football with her, never really interested before, but now has signed up for the school football team. And I think that's just amazing to see that we are starting to see young girls actually realise, you know what, we can become footballers. I can become a footballer. I can play the game. And I think that is such an encouraging step for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that and I'm, I'm only well, just, it's it's only positive. It's it's one of those, you know, the whole thing around women's football has a deeper, you know, it's in terms of, you know, making sure people can play football and obviously, yeah. you know, being accessible. And I've now forgotten the... Well, I forgot what I was going to say now. I thought of it while you were saying it and now I've completely <laughs> forgotten what my point was. <laughs> But, you know, it's, that's it. there are obviously deeper, deeper routes to how to get, you know, to keep getting women's football, but yeah. on the surface, it's good to take effort. I think it, it goes right down from, from grassroots to, to, to the WSL. Yeah. All the way through. And, 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 and that's what it was. You know, grassroots, realistically, over, it's only recently, as you say, that girls were joining football teams, but it would be that, you know, you look at grassroots teams, they were, they're never specifically a boys' team or a men's team. It's, it's, well, some yeah. obviously are, but most teams aren't. But it just seems that way. Yeah, there needs to... The problem is the few girls that are interested in football at grassroots level, or at least I'm, I'm hoping that number obviously increases, but they're almost viewed as outsiders. They have to play with the boys. Yeah. So they're only around boys because there's not enough girls to make teams. But I'm hoping as we see the amount of girls interested in football increase, I'm hoping that we can have enough enough um, girls interested in football that then there are actual teams and leagues even if it does mean that it's sort of not as small a county size. Yeah. So at the moment, you get like four different grassroots leagues at the same, in the same county. Maybe they may, you know, the girls may have to travel a bit because there's not going to be as many within such a small radius. I think there's about four on top of each yeah. other where we are. But yeah, it, they obviously will be a bit more travelling. But I feel like that that is where we're going. Yeah. The grassroots become more of a thing, that more and more guys will be interested in football. And with that, we're only going to get more good players. We're only going to get an increase in the competition, the increase in the amount of teams that have to be made. Mm. And then we see, obviously, it, it grow from there. So, yeah, hopefully, I mean, it's all positive signs. Obviously, they go, they, we know that for the 24-25 season, the FA won't be running the WSL anymore. So that's a big step. They yeah. so they're handing over to a company known as Nuco, which I don't think they're. That's probably some offshore account. But uh, yeah. So they're going to take over the WSL and the Championship. Now the reason I find that really interesting. So obviously when the Premier League broke away from the Football League in 1992, we saw that the Premier League has taken a huge chunk of the revenue and it's not really being split down the order. But the yeah. fact that they've taken over both the Premier and the Championship, yeah. the fact they want to grow them both, I think that's a really positive step. Yeah, getting fucked, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yeah, I don't know what it's called after that, but I, I know that the the championship does seem to be a lot more connected with the WSL. Yeah. Obviously at the moment it is, and now that they've linked them both together and the fact that they're gonna be run by the same company, that's that's really interesting. So yeah, I think there's a lot of positive growth. The, the Women's Super League was only formed in 2010. And if we're yeah, being honest... That's mental, boy. You know, that's it's only... Crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous to see. There was leagues before that. But, the, yeah. The, yeah, the Women's Super League wasn't formed 2000 and, until 2010. I reckon if you saw a viewing figures graph, it probably starts to light here, and, and it's slowly increasing, slowly increasing, and then just a massive shot up in the popularity. Yeah. So that seems to be exponential. I think that's a really but good step, as, and it, you know, it it comes from everywhere because I think social media is a big thing as well. Because like, for every one clip, say take just you know take TikTok, take any social, for every one clip you'll see of a really good Maria, say for England, you'll see yeah. probably ten, fifteen of the National League North Division Regional Western goalkeeper yeah. making a fumble, and obviously, that's, I mean, I know that's not a real league, or just it's an example, but. 
obviously no let's get, let's get taken out of context. He's like, oh, Wolves football is really bad because this random goalkeeper that no one's ever heard of made an error. But also, but there are there are lev- there are errors at the top level, and and that is fine to admit. But it's diff- It's a difference in how they phrase in how they yeah. frame it. Because if you look at, so it's a very easy comparison of. There's the, so there was a couple goalkeeping errors in the World Cup. Nowhere near as many. I think the quality in goalkeeping has gone up ridiculously in the last few years. But let's just take a random goalkeeping error then from the WSL. I haven't got one to uh, as an example, but that'll be framed as look how bad women's football is. But you'd see Onana, for example, the other week in Manchester United. His positioning was shocking. No, the one where he jumped on the floor yeah, and sat on his ass. That would be framed as, look at this funny clip where Onana's really shit. It's the difference, isn't it? And it's the toxic culture at the moment around women's football. Because mm. they'll... T- and, 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 you know, my friends are the same about it. And, and while you, obviously you do try to encourage them to be more inclusive, it, there's not a lot you can do because they're yeah. already so set in their views. But... You see it everywhere. It's just this whole stigma of we don't like women's football, and you ask why, and it's just like because it's women's football, and it's it's shit. Like that people yeah. shouldn't think like that. So I'm hoping that we start to see a culture change, and I think that will definitely yeah come in. As obviously, there's always going to be misogynists out there, but hopefully, we will start to see a culture change but, in the next sort of decade. It, it's exactly like you know men's football was. You know, it saying that obviously you say the was only played in 2010. Well, from there, then it will take time to find world-class managers and world-class players. You know, yeah. they don't just they don't just make the league in 2010 and suddenly all these world-class you know female athletes just fell you know fell in their lap and you know they created these teams. They've got to be you know trained to play football and they've got to be like yeah. That's why you're starting to see these youngsters come through like you know Lauren James probably. You know the most recent. You know, she is very good. She is. She will be one of the world's best, if not the world's best. And, and if you watch her play, it's not too dissimilar to watching a, a no, men's player. No. And actually, I think the the advert that France, the France women's national team, did for the World Cup demonstrate that perfectly yeah. because it is the same. And I, but and always people have always said, "Oh, women can't be good at football." It's not that at all. It's that they've never had the investment to be able to be as good as men. There's never been that same level no. of training, that same tactical understanding, that same level of goalkeeping training. And so there's no wonder that they could never reach as high as men. Of course, there's always going to be a physical imbalance, and that's yeah. that's something you can't. T- and women, uh, men, and women can't compete against each other necessarily. And I think that's fine. You know, th- that's fine to admit there is a difference there. But to put women's football down simply because it's women's football, I think is... Yeah. is uh, that, that's one of the most annoying things, is when people, like, when Wrexham beat, in that pre-season tournament over America, when Wrexham's, like, senior side, Wrexham's seniors beat the US national teams. Obviously, they weren't, it was like, a, it was an old old Wrexham team versus the old yeah. women's national team. And obviously, Wrexham put, you know, double digits past them. And it's like, well, of course I did. That's nothing to do with how good they're at football. But, that, yeah, that, yeah, no. but why does there need to be a comparison? Exactly. Why do people care that much? It's it's just football. Enjoy it for yeah. what it is. Um, and no one can change the biology of humans. Yeah. That's not something that's possible yet. But and obviously that comes back to the goalkeeping as well. Obviously they, they're not as... It's going to be a lot harder. You know, they're playing in men's size goals. Yeah. It's not It's not. It's not going to be as easy. But oh, what's it? I mean, but it's, but it's also, you know, like... I was, I was probably being taught to kick a ball from from the day I was born. Yeah. Whereas, you know... Came out of the womb, oh, go and do a red kick, mate. After, you know, Ron, you know getting in the middle of Rondo. <laughs> like, you know, the hospital, oh, they got everyone round. And... Doctors out of there, I kept winning the ball off it. Got to look a right mug with a newborn baby. With legs, just mugging. Knees sliding. <laughs> I'm like three hours old. But, like, girls are probably... They probably don't get into football until they can make their own mind up. Yeah. Because it's not something that we encourage yeah. from a young age, is it? But I'm hoping now that we've got more role models in women's football, that there's more broadcasting of women's football, I, I think we'll only see a positive. Yeah. yeah on, on, top, on, on the topic we're discussing today, can they become the number one league? I think definitely. I think there's, yeah. there's, if the investment is, is there, if they can get the right sort of sponsors involved, if the clubs that are already investing in the league can keep investing more, and if we can actually see... I think what the new co-foundation needs to do, or whatever they're called, to when they do get the league in 24-25, is make sure the broadcasting revenue is split across the league, that everyone's getting a fair share of money. Because at the moment, it feels like Chelsea are getting loads of money, and Chelsea keep buying all yeah. the best players, and then Chelsea yeah. win the league every year. And it's that is also helped out by the fact that Chelsea do invest loads. 
like Todd yeah. Roman Bramwich before and Todd Bowley now do invest a lot in the women's game, and we need to see more owners that care about their women's like game. Like the Glazers are, Crane case not. The Liverpool owners. Well, they do. Them. They invest in. They the invest. Shots, to be fair. Not gonna, like, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen the Glazers say anything about women's football. No, I, well, I think United's a weird one, isn't it? It, it? it intrigues me, and I'm not, you know, making any sort of groundbreaking point, but if, if you look at the whole culture around Manchester United, the fact that we've seen... So we've seen the Anthony stuff, we've seen the Greenwood stuff, we saw the gig stuff before, and all that, and all that. And then you've got the fact that they, they were the last team to set up a women's football team. Yeah. And and there was, oh, there was something else they are last to do. And it's just, why are they so behind the times? But, yeah. Yeah, they've invested in it now, and their team's actually quite good. So. Eagerly, if, if, if the, what is it, is it Joel Glazer? Afram. No. One, which one of them's called Joel? What, yeah, one of them's called Joel. Yeah. I can't remember. But if the Glazer took a look in the mirror, they'd be so much to, to look at. It'd be disgusting. Yeah, just looking in the mirror is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, them, but, uh, uh, yeah. They don't own any. <laughs> yeah, that, and they might have a heart attack a little bit. But I think, you know, this year, I'm expecting even better numbers for WSL. And then... Yeah. Well, obviously, we'll take your listeners on Spotify, or you are a member, you've probably already seen the vid- other video put out predicting the WSL. Yes, well, but, it's going out the same day, so yeah. look out for that. But, I mean, as, we've t- as we'll touch on, or if you haven't watched it, as we have touched on, um, is that how competitive it's going to be. Yeah. You've got five teams who will be right at the front. You've got two Manchester clubs, Arsenal, Chelsea, and now Aston Villa, who have probably been the, the biggest team since Chelsea over the last couple of years to invest in the women's game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just a question then before we move on then um, from talking about the WSL. Do you think that we will see the WSL move to 20 teams and when do you see that happening? I think it, I think it has to. I think, it's, I think it has to be a case of when, not if. Because for me, you know, or even if they make it to 18, like you look at the top leagues in Europe in the men's, in the men's, in men's football and they all have 20 or 18. Yeah, is, is that increased amount of games just yeah. going to make it more interesting? Because, you know, more on TV, more for fans to attend, and you know, players' fitness levels will get there. I think. I mean, obviously, that's another that's obviously another topic. That yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot with ACL injuries, and I think a lot of that is down to the boots. But we are now seeing progress. I mean, Puma yeah. released the first ever women's specific football boot, and I think that is the first step on a on a long road now to actually yeah. making the women's game. Even bigger, and yeah. uh, so that's good to see. I think it, it, it's a weird one because it, it's kind of that you want everyone to treat it the same, but we also want to see that independency. Like we do want to see, like you do want to see, you know, pe- you know, making things especially for the women's game, so you know, boot whatever it is, yeah, boots, kits, that yeah. sort of stuff. I think it's, I think it's very interesting. It feels a lot like at the moment, he... especially with regard to boots, yeah. that women's footballers are just playing in the men's stuff. And I'm hoping yeah. that we'll start to see more women-specific football stuff. But it's even like we are first, we are starting, we haven't seen it, I don't think we've seen any home shirts, but it's little things like some clubs having a different away shirt for the women's team and the men's team. Yeah. You know, kind of just creating that, I think it's not creating a divide, it's creating a individuality about the team. Yeah, and I think if we can start to see more clubs release, I think if we have a women's football team specific shirt even if it's priced a little bit lower because i don't know if you'd yeah. be able to whether the sales would be there if you charge at the same price as the men's game if it's priced a bit, little bit lower though i think you see great sales but also with regards to something like printing now personally i don't have any football shirts printed with women's players on and maybe maybe that's on me i should be doing that but I, I, if i buy a Chelsea shirt i'll tend to put a men's a, ben, a men's name on the back but if there was a women's specific shirt i'd obviously yeah. obviously go for the uh, put a women's team on the back, a uh, women's player on the back, but yeah, maybe I should be. Maybe that's on me though, being a terrible person. Oh, but... horrible. Anyway, should we move on to our next topic? Yes, of course. If you want to listen uh, to uh, watch us actually go and talk about the, the WSL, the new season, yeah. in more well, in less detail but more shouting, then check out our video on our YouTube channel. Go search the Football Chat on YouTube. Uh, we spoke about the WSL and we predicted this season. So yes. if you want to see our full predictions for that, go check that out. And of course, if you want to join us live on Sunday, we're going to be covering Chelsea versus Tottenham. That should be a really exciting game. Half past five on Sunday. I'm pumped for it. Are you excited? I'm very excited. It should be a big season. Big we'll be season. here cheering on Chelsea and hopefully yeah. can claim a big win. Yes, yeah. Next topic, then Real Madrid moving back to the men's game. Yeah, God. Uh, well, 
We'll start then. I think this goes back to last season, actually. Real Madrid went trophyless last season, which is practically unheard of. Yeah, well, I don't That's think I remember that happening one. ever. So that that was quite shocking. And now this season, we are a couple a couple weeks into the season. Do you think there's going to be any? Do you think Real Madrid fans should start to be worried? I think if they didn't have Jude Bellingham, they'd be nowhere near any trophies whatsoever. But yeah. So far, he bailed them out in the Champions League against Union Berlin. I was going to say they didn't scored, look great in that game. And he scored so many goals to win the games or to level games. That, I mean, honestly, I know it's hypothetical because they would have signed someone else instead of him, but I think he's got them out of trouble quite a few times, but not even yeah. him could have got them out of trouble this weekend. No, um, he was played in a weird role this weekend in Jude Bellingham, played up front with Rodrigo, and he was fine there, to be fair. He did well as a striker. I mean, it says a lot about the versatility of Jude Bellingham that he could play as a striker and look good. It just felt weird. But they were really poor against Atleti. I was watching the highlights this morning with a mate, and we were talking about the game, and... There just seems to be a lack of identity at Real Madrid right now. The system, I don't think, is working at all. The four-three-one-two, I get why they're doing it because they've got no fit wingers at the minute. Yeah. But they're so narrow, and I think this represents a complete under uh, oversight in terms of recruitment this summer. They went out and bought Jude Bellingham, and while I think Jude is a fantastic footballer, they've now got like seven central midfielders. Yeah, and they lost, and they've got no wingers. They lost Hazard, lost. Um, Vasquez lost. they lost Bale not too long ago yeah. and I know there's not a lot you can do about losing Vinicius but the, you know, surely for playing Valverde out on the right for whole, a whole season they realise that you need to bring someone else in yeah I mean it just, it's just baffling to me that they didn't go out and get wingers so yeah I mean they've they've brought them, this on themselves now uh, they're boxed into playing this 4-3-1-2 which hasn't really been successful in the fashion they got knocked out of the Champions League last year to Manchester City I thought they'd bounce back in style and tear the whole world apart with Jude Bellingham. They bought Bellingham, they bought Garcia, they bought Hosselu. I thought that's a really decent window. It wasn't until we started this campaign and you realised just how bad their really depth is. The They've got no wingers. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think though, that... I, I don't know for, for Real. Are they going to win a trophy this season? I would say probably not. I don't view no. them as realistic candidates for the Champions League. Obviously, it's Real, so they're always candidates, but... Mm. I think right now, if you were to ask me who's going to win it, City are probably ahead of them, Bayern are probably ahead of them, probably even PSG. Oh, Just because I think I think Luis Enrique, they, well, they look really good against uh, Marseille last night. Barca? But, well, this is what I was about to say, actually. They're going to be our next uh, next conversation. But Barcelona, are they back? They look bloody brilliant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. Well, I think I, so I, I was trying to work, I tried to work out the question was obviously last year by the league. I thought you went, are they back from last year? Well, well, in terms of back to where they were. This is this is an interesting it's, thing. Last last year they won the league, and it wasn't in typical Barcelona fashion. They won the league because they were defensively brilliant. Normally, Barcelona win the league because they're great going forward. Last year they did it because they're still, great in the back. I think they're back to they're playing really good stuff over last year, this year, and they came out last year. But I still don't think I think I mean obviously it is like nearly near impossible to replicate. MSN and Xavi and Iniesta Busquets. I don't think they're quite that level yet, but I definitely think they're not in terms level. of the dominance. And I don't think you can ever match that because you had a culmination of the best, the best manager in the world, yeah. the best player of the world, a team that all played pretty much for the same nation. You can never get that again. I don't think you can never replicate that, team that Barcelona well. team due to how many PK Poyo. how many world superstars they had in that team and how dominant they were I don't think you could ever I don't think we'll ever see something like that again especially all most of the starting 11 yeah. playing for the same nation I just I don't think we'll ever see that again but I do think this team has made a whole lot of progress I think tactically they look absolutely phenomenal I think that they are one of the most exciting teams to watch right now and actually, I think the greatest representation of how far they've come under Xavi is the fact that before this season, they hadn't won a by a five-goal margin since Messi had left. Yeah. And and that had been a good few a good few years. And yet, they oh, up from they got one last Saturday and then in the midweek against Antwerp in the Champions League. So after a few years without a single final yeah. victory, they then claimed two in the space of a week, in, in about four days. So... Mm. Yeah, I think that says a lot about how they're de- how they're developing, how they're growing. I mean, last weekend, I think they actually they it was a lot of a different it was a much different performance. It wasn't a dominant one, 
Instead, it was an inspired performance. Yeah. They were two goals down to Celta Vigo when they got to the 80th minute mark. By the end of the game, they won 3-2. That's crazy. And it's that spirit that got them over the line. Lewandowski, 81st and 85th minute goals. Cancelo got a goal and assist as well. And Jao Felix getting an assist. He's someone I want to touch on in just a moment. But yeah, Barcelona, do you think they're favourites to go back to back? For another I think time? so. And the big test, I think the thing for me is I think they've looked brilliant in Spain. And on the yeah. day, they've beaten out lately, beaten Real, but that's their toughest challenge. Last year, they didn't get, really get a chance to prove it because they got knocked down to the Europa League thing and they lost to Manchester United. Well, the Champions League has been Barcelona's sort of biggest problem in recent seasons, hasn't it? Last year's exactly. season, they knocked out of the groups, weren't they? I want to see how... I want them to get through and then I want to see how they do against Europe's best. I want to yeah. see them play against a City I mean, or a Bayern. Because they, yeah, they, obviously, they lost 7. So was it 7 nil to Bayern? 7-2? Seven, seven, no, 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 that's Tottenham. They got uh, battered by... Yes, 8-1, I want to say. 8-1, something like that. They got absolutely caned. That's over the two see, legs, wasn't yeah. it? I want to see them respond. I want to yeah. see them play against a really, really difficult well, They should piss their group, because Porto, Antwerp, Shakhtar, that should, they should win Easy, every match. Yeah. Maybe they're not the last one, because they'll probably rest, because they'll already be through. But, yeah, I think they've still got a lot to do, but Barca are in a very, very good position. Yeah. A couple of individuals to touch on then, the first of which is Xiao Felix, as I just mentioned there. How good does he look? Yeah, it's brilliant. And I think Peter have got to remember, and I think this counts for every player that's gone to Chelsea and left, is that like players who look really good after Chelsea, I mean, obviously, okay, just Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, let's not use them as examples. But... Lukaku, three goals and three matches for Roma. Yeah. He was tragic at Chelsea. Like, it just seems to be this curse. Chelsea aren't bad at identifying talent, no. they're just bad at getting the best you out of them. Felix, he, Felix was rubbish in a Chelsea shirt. Joined Barca. I wouldn't say he looked rubbish, but he did not look this good. No, I mean, different breed of player. Timo Werner's the same, but Felix has looked magnificent. I mean, he's, he's had three games for Barcelona. He ha- in that time, he's mustered up three goals, two assists, and hasn't averaged a rating on football below 7.8. That's he's insanity. looked incredible. It's insanity. Purely incredible. I think oh, there was a lot of there was a lot of worry around Jao Felix uh, when he was signed. Obviously, he was pushing for that move or window. Xavi's never really been too keen on him. And no. you can sort of understand why a difficult loan move at Chelsea didn't really do anything at Atleti. But obviously, Anzu Fati said, I want to leave. We saw Dembele leave for PSG, and suddenly there was a huge problem. They had no left winger, so they went and got, They did bring in Jao Felix on loan. He immediately had the hurdle yeah. of the fans because they've just brought in a player from a rival on loan. It's a bit of a weird situation, but I think he's won them over already yeah, <laughs> because he's yeah. been sublime. And, and I think Barca, what Barca have done so well is a brilliant mix of world-class players and young upcoming players because they went out. So obviously Gundogan. Multiple Premier League winning central midfielder. Lewandowski, one of Europe's top strikers over the last decade, who tore apart the whole of Germany. You know, yeah. fair around times again, won leagues at Manchester City. You've bought you've and then you but then you've got your youngsters in Pedri and Gavi who are come from doing really well. Kunde, obviously. Oh, I'd say Alandra Balde. Yeah, Balde is brilliant. But Andres Christensen, Champions League winner. You know, yeah. He's fought for Premier League titles. It's players Give like that. Any, but... Yeah, we ignore that fact. But it's players like that who are bringing in. It's a mixture of really good, world-class mm. experience mixed with young and upcoming generational talents. Speaking of young and upcoming generational talents, Yamin Lamal. Crazy. It's a player on every single person's lips at the moment because he is ridiculously good, Lamin Yamal. I think, for me, I've never seen a player of 16 years old who is at this good at football. Yeah. His um, his movement, his awareness, his directness, his dribbling, his finishing, he's got everything and he's 16. I mean, I'm the same age as him. I can't do any of that. If I score, I'm happy. And he's doing all of this. He's moving. Like, you're scoring down the football. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. me in a few months. And I've, I'm East playing Barcelona. I'm just kicking, you know, having a fun yeah. kick about uh, uh, yeah, grassroots level. He might actually. How old? Is, when was he born? I wonder if I'm actually older than him. If if he, well, I might cry. No, okay. No, I uh, hang on. What? I think he's younger than me. When yeah, he is younger than me. He's younger. Than, oh my days. Yeah, that's not good for me. <laughs> A little bit of a confidence. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. mental. How he's that good at this age? 
obviously I think it's a bit of a concern. You don't want to push him too hard. I was I was gonna say this, he's already played six games in the league this season. What's your sort of maximum you would say from this campaign that he plays? Because they've only had six matches and he has he started three of them, played with If we're just talking La Liga, right? Three hundred and five minutes. I what think, sort of minutes would you be looking at? I think I'm probably looking at fifteen to twenty games. Yeah, 16 I, I years think, old. I think 15 is the magic number for me. Yeah, at least start. He's maybe. playing men's football, but he is a child. Like, like we saw it with Anzufati, right? One of the most exciting young talents I mean, Barcelona ever had. If he wanted, but they overused him. If he wanted to, he could. He's still allowed to play under 18s football for three more years, and he's already scoring for Barcelona. Yeah, I mean that's pretty decent, isn't it? He could get yeah, as you say, three more seasons of under 18s football. If, they, if he managed himself, and they managed him. Well, there's no reason he cannot be as good enough. I, I would, that. I would say. I was about to say, are you not messy? No, no. But I don't want. I hope that we don't yeah. start putting that expectation on him. It's he is sixteen. They the did that messy. with Fatty, and look what happened. Just let's enjoy him for now also, and see where he goes. Because the, I know there'll be a lot of people going, "Oh, he's sixteen. He can't be yeah. that good. He is incredible." But let's let him develop. Let's also, stop pressuring him. Do not compare him to people like Messi and Ronaldo because no one will ever be like them. Well, someone might be. Erling Haaland. And don't give him the number 10 shirt when he's yeah, 20. Don't or do that. Like that. Yeah. Leave the 10 shirt. If he wants it when he's 25, you're 73. give it to him. Because that adds up to 10. Well, he's already, he's already been handed the number 27, so I don't so think it's going to go backwards. Nine. You don't have to do maths. I'm trying to add up to 10, and I don't have to do maths. <laughs> 28 on the back of his shirt. Yeah. Doesn't exactly have the same look to it, does it? But he he looks he looks incredible. Uh, I think he's going to go to the very top. Yeah. I don't think that's a very bold statement at all. I think most people no. that have watched him say that. For me, I would be saying if he gets around 1,000 to 1,500 minutes, yeah, that is the on. maximum, I oh. would say. That around, you know, I think 1,000 is what I would have him at. 1,500, definitely the maximum. I mean... That that even that is quite a lot when you consider that Eddie and Ketia only played a thousand minutes for Arsenal last season, and he is twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, like he's also Eddie and Ketia. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is he's already Yamal's development yeah. is being rushed so quickly. So yeah, I think they've got to be careful with him. But yeah. I think if he gets around fifteen hundred, around one thousand to one thousand five hundred minutes this season, and then he gets a couple more Spain call ups. Yeah. Then I, I think that's fine. Obviously, he already has two Euro qualifiers, matches, one start, and of course a goal. He looked ridiculously good in that game against he Gibraltar, did. was it? Yeah. Uh, Georgia, sorry. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, Cyprus as well. I mean, Cyprus didn't get near him really, but no, he's, he's incredible. Was, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it was, uh, poor Cyprus. You're just a 20, yeah, you're a middle-aged man, you know, part-time footballer for his country. And then he's getting minced by a child. What do you mean, poor? Mate, if I can go play for my country for like, like this is, I don't know why more people don't just go to San Marino. I'm convinced I'll be a pro for the San Marino. You know what I'll do? I'll go to San Marino, I'll play Brazil, and then just two foot Richardson. Well, that's the thing. Suffer friendly. Yeah. You get to play against the best teams in the world. Yeah. Seems good to me. Like, there's so many footballers I just like what you like sorry get me Pantheon, um, San Marino and Tony Islands and I'll go for Anthony Gordon yeah bun off Project Mbappe anyone trying yeah. to do that that all over your kids don't go Project Project San Marino you take if, if you right if I have a bunch of mates right let's say 10, 10 11 mates that are never really going to be pros go over there they have kids they train them up could they create a golden generation of San Mar- Marino in in San Marino ease. I don't know what it is. World class footballers, but if you turn them into League Two standard footballers, they're going to be the best San Marino team yeah. ever. I think even might turn them into Luxembourg. I think Chesterfield give San Marino a game. I probably hear they probably yeah. beat them. They probably beat them. That, that is mental. That Chesterfield could beat a whole country. Well, yeah, I think I, I, that would be my one. I mean, that would be so fun to do. I don't know. You'd have to have loads of money and. Be able to go over to San Marino and do nothing but train your if son. If you can't get life by thirty, but, then you then then go to San Marino have some kids. And yeah, you you're getting a lot of other mates as well. But yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna need ten friends when you're thirty. Blind, that's a stretch. <laughs> ten friends now. Yeah, Blimey, that's a stretch. Yeah, Five sides are struggle. Yeah. Anyway, shall we talk about the Premier League? No, <laughs> <laughs> don't do what you mean. Not Chelsea. No. 
Well, Chelsea are on. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> we don't have to, but... Right. The question I've written on the board are, are Chelsea actually that bad? No, right, moving on. No. <laughs> you, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. For you. We play good football. We play okay, mm. but I can't say good. We've won a game. Luton. Yeah, I think the positive is that Sheffield United, Burnley, and Luton are all so bad that we should be fine. Yeah, I, I don't think, think we'll really relegated. Probably so. So we should be all right there. But I think we actually played well against Aston Villa. We did. From everything I've consumed, everything I've mm. watched, everything I've read, I think looking at that game, we were the better side. Until the red card, there's been turning. Yeah, the Volta came when. When Gusto decided to go through, though I think that is a bit of a contentious red card decision because, for me, he wins the ball and then goes through the man. For me, Dinier turned up late. It was high though. I know, but I, I don't know if it's. I, I think it's a little bit harsh, but yeah, I, I don't know. The, the problem for Chelsea right now is that they need to be able to play without pressure, without expectation. Yet yeah, the entire media is talking about him. Yet yeah, the entire all every, all the mm. fans are like, "Well, we need points. We need to win. This isn't good enough." But all that sort of stuff. There is also nothing. There are no footballers yeah. that are fit. I mean, there are no. I'm not going to blame that for the fact we lost to Nottingham yeah. Forest. It's, it is an excuse. It, it's a reason. But there are. You've got to talk. You've there's got to no belief. Board. There's no. I mean, the stats are all shocking. You can reel them off a hundred times. Like, you can put yeah. in, in a fancy little graphic on Instagram a million times. Forty-nine points from forty-four games since the start of last it season simply like isn't good enough. We 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 know our destination. We know the name of our destination, but we don't know the postcode, and we don't have something. We're a postman that can't get out his car. We're getting yeah. that close, but we just can't finish. Can't yeah. deliver the post. Can't score goals. Is what oh, I'm trying what? to say. But I mean, at times we've been a postman who's put the post in the letterbox and then taken the post back out the letterbox and yeah. got his van. Or we put it in the letterbox and then Anthony Taylor comes along, picks up, throws it on the floor, and then we've not delivered it, have we? So that doesn't help. It mm. drops it, crushes it under his foot. But other times we've just blown up the post box. Yeah, other times the post has got injured on the way there. I don't know what the post great. Really well. I don't know what the metaphor for. Just the girl. I've blown up the girl. <laughs> but yeah. It's it's been difficult. It's I don't like watching us anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so a couple statistics. Obviously, in the league table of this calendar year, Which, if you take twenty twenty three as a yeah. year, we would be fifth from bottom, above only Everton on goal difference. So I told you we'd yeah, Everton a good game all day. <laughs> but that puts us fifth from bottom, which is only above Everton in the three ties that have just come up. Oh dear. And they've only been in the Premier League for three hot minutes. So only ever, and that's only on goal difference. But in we this put, what year. we put there were three teams that went down in it. I don't know. Probably what they scored second half last season, mate. I don't know, they probably did better than us. Oh, it's bad. It's bad, isn't it? It's really bad. Yeah, it's it's shocking, really. That I mean, Enzo's won one game. Haaland scored more goals than Chelsea since he joined Man City. Newcastle scored more goals against one football team. We have this season, but to be fair, that's some stuff. I saw, I saw, basically, I saw it in two ways. I first saw that Newcastle scored more goals than Chelsea in one game, and then I actually saw the list, and it's actually eleven. Oh, clubs. it's so they've combined Luton and Leicester in this, Burnley and Leeds, and Sheffield and Southampton, and they would all be seventeen, fifteen, fourteen. And it's Everton on twenty-five, Chelsea on twenty-five points. Ah, uh, it's not fun. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I mean, Fulham this weekend has to be a win. If we lose to Fulham, but that's what we, we said about this weekend. But we said different. about Forest, about Bournemouth. Fulham are different. Yeah, they haven't got Mitrovic. The problem is, it just it needs time. It needs time. But it also there's a few games that I know Fulham this weekend will be one nil Fulham. It's got a Tom Kenny seventy third minute goal from the edge of the area a, a grass cutter that goes into the bottom corner which Robert Sanchez can't see but he probably should say that is what's going to happen yeah, che- it's going to be Chelsea need to Chelsea need to start winning games but Chelsea more importantly need to bet in their young players need to settle in their new manager and, and, and go from there but I think it's going to be a horrible next month the fixtures are just, just disgusting mm. 
Like, if we get anything really from that cool, run... We look like we're going to get absolutely shafted. Yeah, it's, I think it's, what, Arsenal, Brentford, City, Liverpool, Brighton, Tottenham, Newcastle, City something like that. take us to the cleaners. So the Tottenham. But it's, Arsenal it's, will probably give us a little wine. But it shouldn't be that. The squad is good enough to do stuff. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how we play, but I think we've got to not be reactionary. We've got to give no. Potts time. We've got to give the players time. I back us. I don't enjoy it. I mean, here's a stat that will make people... You know, maybe we need to just stop buying players because this stat is mental. From the same game, game week six last year, the team that played in that match, only three players remain in the starting eleven. Those are Conor Gallagher, Raheem Sterling, and Thiago Silva. Gallagher. How, how Gallagher survived all this, I don't know. But that is uh, that's eight new starting players in the space of one year. Those three players have walked through a minefield and somehow Conor Gallagher hasn't stepped on the mine. And that team a year ago was Chelsea's new rebuilding. That we after just sold a load of talent after the champ. No, uh, no, this is a year. This is the first. This is a whole year after the Champions League. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that was the rebuild stage because yeah. we had a horrible year after the UCL. We went and got uh, too cool. Then obviously had a little bit of investment before he got thrown off a cliff. Um, but he spent that. Look, Chelsea, new revolution coming, all that sort of stuff. That was the new team. A year on from that, we've already only got three starters from that team. So, yeah. Feels so long. I remember that feeling on the Champions League. That feels so long. I don't see Chelsea winning a trophy until at least 2026 at this point. Because, and that's not, obviously, that is mostly because we're rubbish. Maybe also, you look at the amount of teams that could win a trophy. I think Aston Villa would beat us to a trophy. I think Brighton do. Well, we're not going to be in any European competition. Ca- so Ca- no, Ca- we can't even get this Ca- top Ca- 10. We lose to... I think we lose to eight teams in the Premier League. So there's a lot of work to do. Chelsea statistically aren't that bad. They just need to finish chances. I don't know who's going to play out front against Fulham. No. Obviously, Nicholas Jackson is out. If it's Armando Breuer, then come on, Breuer. We haven't got a for that. Right but, yeah, Jackson out for both. I don't know if he can play FL Cup. But either way, he's suspended in the Premier oh, League. I've not bought that. Oh, we get tanked. We get absolutely tanked by Brian. <laughs> Meet him as going to field day against whoever we can find to play right back. Well, I don't know. If we've discussed those suspension carry over in the cup. I don't know. I know Rodri's does. Well, surely Gusto's doesn't. I'm not sure. I've not seen anyone talk about it. Why would Rodri's not? Why would Rodri's and not Gusto's? Because <laughs> he played the league. I don't know. Oh, anyway... Right. Other things to talk about then in the Premier League this weekend, the North London Derby. That was fun. Which team, obviously it was a good game too, all, very good game. Which team do you think played the best stuff? Mm, that's a high question. I don't think it is in my opinion. I think Tottenham. I was going to say, I think Tottenham were far the better team. If you look at Arsenal's two goals, right? Oh, yes. It was Romero, Romero practising his volleyball and Romero practising his kung fuing. I don't know what he's doing with his knee up there. But either way, without those two complete shooting moments, Tottenham dominate that game. I'm sure Arsenal created a couple of other chances, but Tottenham were much the better side. You could argue Jesus should have scored from a Tottenham mistake, but other than that, I didn't see a lot from Arsenal. Tottenham looked much superior. They looked really yeah. threatening going yeah. forwards. Their end, their midfield is sensational. For me, Tottenham are the second best team in the league this season. I think right they now. feel hard. That I, yeah, probably. No, well, depends. Liverpool. Where do we view Liverpool right now? So City are top, right? Yeah, That's, really. They've won the league. There we go. After that, who's the next closest? The chasing pack. Are Liverpool there on merit or have they just been fortunate? I think it's Liverpool because I feel okay. like Tottenham are too... Two failures, and that could be Romero or Spursy time. But would like, you agree that they win on they win on Sunday without Romero's mistakes? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Would Would you agree that that Liverpool have been quite fortunate this season, though? I think so. I think if you look at their games so far, were they the better side in a couple of their games that they won? Probably in West not. Ham, they went they went to level. Villa they only put the league because Matty Cash stuck in his own net. Chelsea, they drew to Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea should have won that game as well. Yeah. If Chelsea was another inch uh, on further on side, they would have won that match. So, yeah, it's it's a weird situation at the moment. Liverpool, I mean, I thought they were second best against... Who was it they, they played? Bournemouth, they're quite fortunate yeah. there. Yeah, they, they, again, they won one of them. And they won that one still. So there's work to be done at Liverpool, but they have put them in a good position. Even the United game. Yeah. Was it the United game? No. 
No, they're not playing United, have they? I don't know. I can't remember. It's Arsenal. Uh, it's Arsenal yeah. United. I'm, I'm thinking of Arsenal United. Uh, Look, I have played someone decent. Oh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh, they were yeah. crap in that game. Mm-hmm. Newcastle should have killed that game off. And then Darwin Nunes came on, scored twice, because Newcastle just didn't put the game to bed. So, yeah. they've got the points, and they've done well, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Liverpool are not as good as second player for no, them. So, no. I think Tottenham right now are a better team, but... Yeah, be interesting to see how the table shapes up. I still think Arsenal are good. I don't think they've been that impressive to start this campaign, though. No, I think they got quite lucky in a couple of their matches. I think obviously they drew against Fulham, which isn't a great indicament of their talent, but indication of their talent. So, yeah, not a great situation that. And they're Sheffield United, eight nil. Oh dear. It's it's a bad situation. Do you think? Do you think though? The question on everyone's lips: Do you think that sacking Paul Hackingbottom makes a difference? No. Or are Sheffield? Are Sheffield United just doing? Squad is rubbish. The squad is rubbish. I I, I think the squad is bad, but I, I disagree that sacking him doesn't make a difference. I think if you can bring in a manager who can play really good defensive football, but also be able to spring on the counter with Hamer and Archer, I think you can build a team that actually works. Is that man Chris Wilder? Probably not. But there's going to be someone. I don't know who that man is. Who? Sam Allardyce. No, no, God, no. No block. Bought, bought two. Archer won't get a look in, mate. Ollie McBurney nodding everything Give down. Give him McBurney and then let him sign Lincoln. I don't know. I thought they'd actually do something when Archer came in. Because he looks... He's a good footballer. Yet they've just not... Like, they don't, they're not creating anything. I mean, Newcastle are tragic. Dear God, they were poor. Newcastle were just passing it around them all match. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Swearing, we made 11 saves. Yeah, I mean, that's something, I guess, to they look at. Eight. They did eight. That's that yeah. bad. That's eight goals in a football game. I mean, people slang off Luton, right, saying that they are going to break the points record. I think there's more chance that Sheffield United do it. I genuinely do. I think, the Liverpool, I think the Luton side right now is probably the stronger squad. And I think the Sheffield United... Yeah, are... what would be brilliant? If they Just both did it. So poor. They both break the record. Well, Burnley are much better at the moment. I have a one point so far. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. And actually, Everton might be lucky because yeah. they've got the three worst teams in Premier history at the minute. But, yeah, I think Hecking Bottom's on thin ice. I don't know if Chris Wilder will come back. I think that's a no, weird situation. Right Go get Neil Warnock. Steve Bruce. No. No. But Alan Pardew, where's he now? <laughs> probably Saudi Arabia. Probably. Or Qatar. Well, he, he went to Qatar for a bit, didn't he? he? Probably no, did. Tony Poulis went to Qatar, didn't he? What? That is, that's a mental one. Or oh, they went to China. What about, like, a Vieira? No. Rosa. I know he's got a job, hasn't he? Oh, Who, a Vieira. Who's not got a job right now? There's loads of managers. I can't yeah, think of any of them. God, that would be mental. Do you know how fun that would be? Whacking When he's got Chris Basham, like, bursting forwards. He's trying to play total football yeah. with Sheffield United. Whacking Lowe's an interesting shout. They're not going to get Whacking. Why would Whacking Lowe join Sheffield United? Because he's been unemployed for about two years. I'd rather be unemployed than my Sheffield United. I think he needs a job. But, yeah. Tall and town. I would. I would, honestly. Anyway, shall we finish up with FPL? In fact, in just before EFL Cup this week, well, there's some, there's a couple of interesting storylines. Obviously, you've got Exeter versus versus Luton Town. That should be an interesting one. You've got Ipswich Wolves. Yeah, I think that's going to be a cracker. I think Ipswich may well beat them. Yeah, maybe. You have got United Palace. You've got uh, Norwich Fulham. I think Norwich are going to beat Fulham there. I think yeah. while they did lose the other day, Norwich, and quite badly to Plymouth, 6-2, I think, in the end there. I think Fulham looked great, and Norwich with a vengeance. Yeah. I think they could do something. But, yeah, Salford-Burnley, obviously, as well. But, oh, yeah, well, that one's a bit obvious. But, yeah, it should be interesting. Obviously, we're not streaming any of it. We like to take breaks during um during that period when they have the camera cut fixtures yeah. on. We like to have a nice little week off because we do all the European action, but... Yeah, join us, as I say, this weekend. Arsenal vs Tottenham on the Saturday. On the sun, uh, Tottenham vs Liverpool on the sun, Saturday. On the Sunday, we've got the start of the WSL coverage for us. So, yeah, exciting times. Shall we look at FPL? We should. 
I had a good week. I was and then didn't. You are lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm trying. Lucky, lucky bastard. Rush for your poison, Harry. What did you get? I got 82. A big 82. Um, 12 from Botman. 6 from Stupinian. 14 from Metamart. 13 from Saka. 11 from Foden. Watkins on 9. 12 from Haaland. I did bench Madison on 9 and had Mbwemo on 1. So I could have got to 90 points there. So that was a bit of a hiccup yeah. on my part. But apart from that, very solid week. Chilwell got me nothing. And Vicario and Vissa both got me two. You sound so smug as you're reading that out. I did. I got 64 this week, which is below the average, which is insane because the average is always really low. But I think a lot of set uh, left and... What are they called? Set and forget teams. That's it. Yeah. I've probably done well this week because players like Mitama would have been there from the start, whereas I've transferred him out because I didn't like his fixtures. But... Yeah, I mean, I had 64 points. It wouldn't have been a bad week and a normal week, but I didn't have Mitama. I didn't have Trippier, which everyone seems to have Trippier or Botman, yeah. so that's cocked me there. My only Newcastle player, actually, was the goalkeeper, Pope, who did nothing because he didn't have to save anything. So that was all right. Um, in terms of points, well, Augusto minus two, which didn't help things either. A Super Nyan six, a Kanji five. Defence actually did well if Gusto hadn't got a red card there. Yeah. Would, have, would have been clean sheets probably across the board. Then 11 for Foden, 13 from Saka, 9 from Madison, pretty decent. Another one-pointer from Jackson, another one-pointer from Mbwemo, who I brought in this week for Martinelli. And then two for Sterling. Not great. Captained Haaland on 12. But I have already made my transfers this week. So before oh, we get into not. the league and stuff, I want to tell you what I've done. I've decided Jackson, Gusto, both out. Ooh. Neither of them are fixtures. And I've brought in Botman. Because yeah. I'm thinking his price is going to rise, get him in early, and I've brought in Carlton Morris. Peel may well call me crazy, but a Luton Town striker on a double game week of Everton and Burnley, I think there's a goal there. Yeah, Potentially maybe. even two. Potentially two hat-tricks. And then I'll be laughing all the way to the bank to cash out my points. So, yeah. Show a look at the league, the football yeah, chat league, sure. if you're not in it. A bit late now, but... Join it up. Uh, we will scroll through, try and find the highest scoring points. I've seen a 103, but I think that you've already yeah, seen that. Yeah, I've, I've got as a... 102 at 76. 106 right oh. in front. But, I mean, yeah, the league... I mean, the whole top eight... Where are you is, now? I'm 49. I'm back into the top 50. But the whole top eight in the league has changed. Wow. I'm 218. And but win some and from Deboho and Malahuani... Uh, oh, Matt, sorry, I butchered that. Malay Joan um, has dropped from first all the way to ninth. Yeah, I think that says a lot about the this game week. It was just really random. It was very random. Yes. Yeah, uh, a couple of high point scorers. We'll look at the top of the league in just a moment. A couple of high point scorers. There. This one intrigues me. Four hundred eleventh in the league has one hundred points. But it's pretty much what you expect. Martinez in goal, Trippier, Estupanan, Walker in the back line, and Chilwell on nothing. And they've still got 100 points. Then you've got Saka, Salah, Mitama. That's an incredible midfield three. Captain Harlan, Watkins and Vinicius complete the 100-pointer. If you had Botman in there instead of Chilwell, and you had yeah. a striker who scored instead of Vinicius, or put in... Who's, which midfielders did well? A Madison in midfield yeah. and didn't have, and had a cheaper striker. Then you would be looking at one of the highest, potentially the highest game week. There, yeah, so. I mean, I've got a one eight five. Very bit of a weird team this one. Uh, so Johnson in goal on eight. They have Paul Torres also get them eight. Uh, then Trippier, Botman, Saka, Mitama, Salah, Haaland, and Stupinian. All their other point scorers really strong. Hundred and five there. Yeah, I've not found anything higher than that, so I think 105 takes it. Well, no, it's the 106, though, in sixth place. I think what to wake. So we, we're North London stars, Malumba, Andrew, 106. Edison, nice. Trippiat, Bruno Gamarez, and Isak. Haaland, Bruno Fernandes, Saka, Madison, Mitama, and Akanji. And Saliba got them there, 106. Yeah, fair enough then. Shall we look at the top of the table? Yeah, because sure. obviously, as you say, the leaders dropped to ninth. Top of the league is now Miles Waldman with his team Invincibles. 83 points this week, climbs onto top. Only a point, though, out of FC Elmo. Hey, Obviously, James Elms uh, was 
Very good last season. Yeah. Back now up into second in the league. Then we've got Dio Ferguson, Oladayu Amoju, who is up into third. Sam Weather with his 101 points this week, moves within six of the leader and climbs to fourth. Then you've got Mohamed Zaydan with his team, Matip Toes. Love it. Uh, and then they've scored 84 this week and moved up to fifth. And in sixth place, as you say, Malumbo Andrew, probably one of the biggest gainers of this game with 106 points. Yeah. And moved up to sixth in the league. So a lot of change in the TFC league, of course. If you are in it, then get involved. Tell us where you are, where you're in the league. Join the Discord. Uh, there's not a link on Spotify, but if you head on over to the YouTube at the Football, at the football Chat or any of our socials, yeah. uh, underscore the Football Chat, underscore on Instagram, sub to TFC on Twitter, any of that sort of stuff. Find us, join the Discord, get in contact, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, that is that is about everything. Yeah, it is. We don't really have one hub, do we? No. I think we want to make that the Discord. I know a lot of podcasts either make it the Twitter or the Reddit. It'd be nice if we can make the Discord so everyone can talk yeah, in there. But yeah, we don't have a Reddit. You've got to be big enough to really yeah. have a Reddit and have mods and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, join the Discord though. Good fun. I don't, yeah. It's fun. We have great chats in there. We do. I think that's everything for this week. I think it is. We are... Well, this is the first episode of the New Look podcast. New sort of format. New style. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been a bit more casual, a bit more laid back. Not as quite... Hello, guys. Welcome back. But still, fun and engaging discourse. And yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. I mean, if you can see us, then thanks for being a member. If you want to see us, become a member. Indeed. And if you are listening on Spotify, then I hope you've enjoyed this episode we'll be back same time same place next week when we'll be talking about whatever happens in the world of football of course in the meantime Premier League predictions will be out on Friday as always uh, that should be a, a good episode we've got some good games coming up this weekend that's everything for today make sure to follow make sure to hit that notification bell to stay updated whenever we upload one of these and uh, yeah as Harry mentioned if you want to see the visuals head on over to the YouTube become a member it's only 99p massively helps us out that's everything for today though thank you guys very very much for listening and we will see you next time see ya